This is the murderer right, you know. Well, welcome to the murderer you know. Do -do 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 -do. <laughs> a classic, a classic. Well, today mm. it's a little bit of a twist for a couple of reasons. Always twists. One is that this is another where mom, you knew one of the victims. Ooh. Correct. <sighs> Yes. yes. <laughs> she says begrudgingly. It's it's a pretty horrific story. It is. And oh, so so she's going to be the one blacking out and trying to leave this time. Okay, so what role am I going to play? <laughs> I guess you'll have to be the know it all. Know okay, it all. <laughs> I got it. Got it. Got it. I'm buckled um, in. And also well, now let me just say that in the media at the time, this gentleman, well, there were two men and they were actually referred to as spree killers. But I would argue Oof. that we are covering our first serial killer. Anybody know what the difference is? Do, no. do, 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 do. I would definitely say serial killers, but what is the difference? Well, from what I've read, the difference is, and you know, it's interesting because technically to be a serial killer, you only have, you only have to have killed two people, two victims, and they just need to be separated by some amount of time where a spree killer, there's little to no separation between the events. So I think there is like kind of a spree aspect to part of this, but you'll see. So almost like a mass shooter is kind of a, a spree killer in that theory, right? Yes. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Who makes these definitions? I don't know. Truecrime.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's more, I think a lot of these are legal terms or terms in the medical field, like in psychology and psychiatry. Oh, so stuff, stuff that I should actually know about. All right, cool. Maybe. Cool. Maybe. Doing great today. Doing great. <laughs> Been a long yeah. week, folks. Let me just tell you, my brain is not turned on. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it must also be legal. You know, what, what you're mm. going to charge somebody with. I don't know. Is there Are there different charges? Can you be charged no, you with don't... like felony serial killing? <laughs> so I think that would be more like federal crimes. Uh -huh. And that's not something I know anything about. I do think there are federal crimes like, I don't think it's called being a serial killer, but I think there's federal code sections that meet that sort of, you know, repetitive crime spree sort of mm -hmm. stuff. But I don't, mm -hmm. that's not the type of stuff I work with. Well, let's get into it. We're going to start with a little there. So let's just say first that there's a lot going on. So far, we've covered essentially one victim in each episode or double episode. We have a lot of crimes over several months with many, many victims. So this might be a twofer. It might even be our first threefer. But I want to start just because there is so much going on with a timeline of these crimes that took place. And we will go from there. So okay. what, so what, what it, What's going on here? What had happened? So first, we don't know who is doing any of this stuff yet. And we won't know for a long time. So a real mystery. All right. 
And I want to start and kind of play things out almost as they were in real time back starting in November 5th of 2005, when there was a young newlywed woman and she was apparently growing tired of fighting with her husband. Her husband had been her prison pen pal who had recently relapsed into drug use. Wait, 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 uh-huh. wait, a minute. wait a minute. You heard wait that right. Is he, so maybe I'm not supposed to ask questions yet. But is he in prison still? No. Okay, he's home. All right. But she didn't know him before he was in prison. Hmm. She met him while he was in prison. They were exchanging Hmm. letters. Mm -hmm. And when he got out, he came to live with her and they got married. So she just went to some like meet a prisoner through (laughs) through pen. I mean, prisonerlove.com. Yeah, I just I, I guess I'm completely baffled by women and their I don't know their endless desire apparently to involve themselves with bad men all right well hindsight is 2020 so she must have seen some something in him some little something she didn't know him other than that he was in prison (laughs) he wrote her poems and sweet nothing poems now I got it it all makes sense yeah I mean that's rare Yes, that is. So what was he in prison for? We'll get into it, but, and I mean, we don't, this guy is nothing. We don't know anything about this guy yet. This is just her backstory. This is the story of this woman. She is married to this guy and on Halloween, she takes all the kids trick-or-treating, but I think for whatever reason, he ruins Halloween, basically, this man that she's married to. So on November 1st, she goes over to her mom's house and she tells her mom that she's going to leave her husband. She told her mom, and I also love this, she said he just wasn't the man that she thought he was. Not to say anything about this woman, but what kind of man did you think he was? Mm. And based on what? Mm, the poems you're not listening y'all not listening again I'm so tired of this so she was gonna go to their house a few blocks away and tell him that he had to move out and that she wanted a divorce now four days later this same young woman was found dead she's been feeling mighty suspicious yeah (laughs) dear pen pal husband she had been beaten with a pipe suffocated and dumped on a hill near a small forested area how awful and awful Yes. Can I ask how many children she had? Because you mentioned children in Halloween. She had, I don't know how many children she had. It was not specifically referenced in any of the material that I had, but she had a few children. Okay. Yeah. She had one. She had a decent sized family because at one point in time, her parents had two houses. They were living in one and she was living in one with her kids. And they ended up actually switching with her because she had the bigger family. So they gave her the bigger house and they moved Uh into the smaller one that she had been living in. Those poor kids, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, the parents too. So she meets this guy through a prison pen pal episode and then she he gets out of prison she marries him brings him into the house with her children and then she apparently tells him she wants a divorce and then she's found dead okay okay okay, judgy thanks for the recap (laughs) moving on that was that was what happened so flash forward to december 18th 2005 a young woman was found dead hanging by an electrical cord in the basement of her home Her home was also engulfed in flames when deputies arrived. 
she had been shot once in the left side of the head with a small caliber rifle. And this lady was also had a family. She had three kids and she worked as a municipal clerk. So that was a big, and all of this is happening sort of in the same general area around the DC suburbs, essentially. Did we mention the first woman, how she was killed? Was she shot? No, I did mention that she had been beaten with a pipe and suffocated. Uh, right. And dumped on a hill. Right. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of similarities, but just vicious. Yeah. Just horrible. Right. Young women with yeah, okay. kids, I True. guess, mm-hmm. is the only other more like a would target. call that a similarity. Yeah, like a target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at this point, there's nothing to to tie these two crimes together. There's nothing to tie the the two crimes together. And in fact, the young newlywed woman, the police officer suspected she died of a drug overdose. How the lead pipe beating fit into that? (laughs) I have some questions, but that was their working theory. I'm sorry. Um, Nope. Never mind. Keep going. I'm Mm -hmm. going to tap out. Well, she was poor. She was black. And not to be shitty, but they didn't fucking care. I mean, I don't know them. Maybe they did. But that's how it seems to me as a judgy outsider looking in. Yep. So we're moving forward. December 31st, 2005. A young man arrived home from work and he got out of his car and was attacked by two men. He had parked his car and was walking to his parents' house to meet them for dinner when he saw a guy get out of a passenger seat of a nearby car. This guy started walking toward him. He thought maybe the man was going to ask him for directions, but instead the man punched him in the face. After he punched him, another guy got out of the driver's seat of that same car and started coming over to the two guys. These two men from the car forced him down on the ground, and then one of them put his foot on the guy's head to hold him down. The victim later said that he was very disoriented and he didn't remember much of the crime, but he did remember the men having a short conversation about whether or not a pipe no oh my goodness oh my goodness (laughs) that would just be perfect no they had a short conversation about whether or not they were going to kill him oh next thing he remembers worse than a pipe okay Mm -hmm. much worse the next thing he remembered was the feeling of sharp things ripping into his mouth his face and his neck Luckily for this man, he was actually able to escape and he ran to his dad's house and rang the doorbell. His dad opened the door and found him there, literally coated in blood. He couldn't even see his face, he said. And the dad called 911 and his son was taken to the hospital. When police arrived on the scene of the stabbing, which was in a quiet and relatively safe part of town, there was a trail of blood that led officers from a house to a car, which was the victim's car. And there were three pieces of broken knife blades and black handles found on the street where the stabbing occurred. At this time- 
I can't even wrap my mind around this. Like, what time of day is this? It was late at night. It was around mm. eight or not. It was eight. He was supposed to be there for dinner after work at eight. By 8.30, his dad was getting worried because he hadn't shown up. And by 8.35, he was ringing his parents' doorbell. So he probably got there right around the time he was supposed to, but was, you know, caught by these guys. How so absolutely just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it seems like all they wanted to do was kill this guy. I mean, he, he probably didn't have much on him. Like know? what even was the motivation? Right. It doesn't seem, at least from what the material I had, it doesn't seem like they tried to rob him or anything. Just, they literally just wanted to kill him. Sounds like. Now, are these three murders that at this point look no way connected? Are they even in the same town? No, they're not in the same town. Okay. But they're all sort of around, you know, within maybe 50 to 100 miles of D.C. So they're, it's not like one's in California and one's in Florida and one's in Alaska, they're sort of in the same general area. Okay. But, and in, but, but still nothing for the police to tie any of these together. No, and in this in this case too, just like the other two crimes that we've discussed briefly so far, the officers had no suspects because it was just such a random, senseless, motivationless, wild attack. Amazing. The guy got away. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Now we're in January. January 1st, 2006. So like, isn't that the next day? Yes, it is. Oh. Wow, mm. it is. You're right. Okay. New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I was writing this, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I'm focused. I'm reading this spreadsheet right now. Like, bro. <laughs> What in the fuck is about to, I'm sorry, take that part out, but what in the fuck is about to happen here? I am not, it's been a long week. I am not up for this level of horror right now. Well, I can't even make my noise. This is really bad. This is really, 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 really bad, really bad trigger warning, like everything that anyone could possibly be triggered by almost. Oh my God. And mom, this is the lady that you were friends with. Mm-hmm. All right, so Everyone we're going to head out. Yourselves. <laughs> Make a, listen, I'm going to go take the dogs out. You throw up a hand signal when, when it's safe to come back. Okay. All right. Around 1.45 in the afternoon on January 1st, 2006, officers responded to a call placed by a man who arrived at his friend and former bandmate's house for a New Year's Day party, only to find smoke coming from the house. So this is our first kind of potential similar, I mean, not to interrupt the story, but this is our first kind of potential similarity, right? Because remember that other yeah, lady's the house, house was yeah. also on fire. So firefighters responded to the call to fight the fire and quickly found the bodies of a woman and a little girl in the basement. The fire was very, very bad, and the house was completely filled with black smoke. The firefighters said there was zero visibility and a lot of heat, and it was a very dangerous fire. Soon after the firefighters removed the two bodies, they realized that the bodies had evidence of battle signs and noticed that the woman and girl's legs had been bound. 
So at this point, firefighters stopped their rescue attempt and called the police. After the police were called, another little girl's body was found under a futon with her hands behind her back and tape around her mouth. And the father was also found on the basement floor with an electrical cord wrapped around his wrists and feet, melted tape around his face, and a large wound to his neck. As far as evidence, there were two claw hammers, two broken wine bottles, and a knife handle and separate knife blade, which were all found in the basement. These, as well as photos of the scene, were collected and cataloged. DNA evidence was actually recovered from the knife blade, and it had traces of all of the family members' blood. So the daughters were 10 and 4. The father and the 10-year-old daughter's DNA was also discovered on the shaft of one of the hammers, and the mom's DNA was found on the handle of the other. It was awful. Autopsies were performed. Now, out of all of the crimes that we're going to discuss, this one had the most information, This was a really well-respected, well-known family in the community, so there was tons in the media, tons even in the national news. So this is also potentially one of the more well-known crimes, I would say without a doubt, the most well-known crime that we've discussed. So a lot of little subtle differences in this one today. Autopsies were performed on the family. The father was 49 at the time of his death. He had been cut eight times in his neck and under his chin. These wounds were determined to be very painful, but not immediately fatal. His mouth had also been gagged and taped. Finally, six lacerations were made to the left and back of his skull by blows from a claw hammer. These were the fatal blows. He also experienced third degree burn from the fire. His wife, the little girl's mom, had been cut three times on her neck and her chest and once on her back. These wounds caused bleeding and pain, but they were not considered to be fatal by the medical examiner. Multiple lacerations were made to her skull by hammer blows, including one that fractured a plate above her eyes, resulting in bleeding behind the eyes. She died from blunt force trauma to the head. I don't want to really go into the horrible details with two little girls but essentially one of them was killed by the attack and the second little girl died from blunt force injury to her head yes but also from smoke inhalation I don't know what's worse to suffer breathing in smoke I don't know but that's all I really want to go into. We can we can hope she was unconscious. Yeah, poor little baby. But here's the other thing I want to say. I feel like the big difference in this one is that obviously this is like the murderer that you walk past in the Walmart, you know? Like this person, I would think at this point, right? This person doesn't intimately, these two people obviously, don't intimately know these victims. That's a big difference in our episode today too. But here's another thing that's so interesting to me, because we've talked before about like stab wounds to the upper body and the front of the body. And like we've said before, like it almost seems personal. Mm -hmm. This stuff like hitting these people in the head and stabbing them in the front of their body near their face for someone that you do not know, even know, at least we're assuming at this point. 
Well, that's like the guy that they attacked, you know, the one who was going to dinner with his his dad, his family. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, who, if you're just trying to get rid of somebody, you like stab them in the heart. You don't just like stab them in the mouth and the face. It's just weird. It's sadistic. Almost like you enjoy Right. Other but they're trying suffering. to inflict pain. But the other strange thing that just came to mind, the second woman, the one who was found, interestingly, hanging from electrical cords and oh, the father's yeah. tied up with electrical cords. Yeah. But she was shot. If these people had a gun, are they just enjoying using a knife? They just want to draw it out? Or it's possible that even though later investigators started linking all of these crimes, maybe that one was not linked, even though, like you said, we have the electrical tape, we have the fire. There are some similarities kind of flowing between each crime, but maybe that one was committed by someone else is a possibility that I would think of, especially with the gun. Yeah, that's that is true. And they probably never traced the gun. And these guys don't seem to have a gun. They don't seem to. Okay, so the police discover the family in the basement. Yes. So how, why, what the hell, what, why did this happen? Evidence at the time indicated that the two men, there were two men and a woman who were driving the streets in the early morning hours of the first looking for a house to rob. The men spotted a home with the front door open. It was this family's home. Was it the front or the back door? It was the front door. Oh, yeah. I thought they came in the back. No, they entered from the street. Oh, okay. And they entered while they're, I don't know if you want to call her an accomplice yet or at all, since she just waited in the car and apparently slept, but that's what she did. She waited in the car and slept. So once inside, they forced the parents and the four-year-old daughter into the basement And in the basement, one of the men assured the family that they would leave once they got what they wanted and that no one would be hurt. He then bound the dad's wrists and ankles with the electrical cord. And before the robbery began in earnest, while he's kind of tying people up and apparently the other guy that was with him was sort of looking around for things to rob, they all heard noises upstairs and the guy who was sort of interacting with the family more apparently said, what is that? What's going on? And the mom explained to the men that her older daughter was returning from a slumber party. And the man actually allowed her to go upstairs and get her daughter and bring her down into the basement too. This, this is, this was always the part, you know, when I heard this story Yeah, that just, I just, you know, you don't know. The mother was terrified, but Mm -hmm. why she let that daughter come in the house, Mm -hmm. why she didn't grab her daughter and run Mm -hmm. and scream, call 911, why she just didn't even mouth call 911 to her friend. It's, yeah, it it just, it was something that I, I, you know, I could could not let go of. It just was so horrible. We only know these details because of these guys, huh? No, the, the, the friend that brought these, the dog. Yeah, some of these details, these some of these details were known at the time. Actually, most of these details were known at the time because the this one, for example, was because of the woman who came to drop the daughter off. 
So she told this story at the time, like while they were looking for. I mean, hindsight is 2020. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't like to look at situations that way. Her other child and her husband were in the basement with men who had assured her that they would be safe. It just horrified me. It just horrified me. And I mean, I had children around the same age and I'm thinking, what would I have done if, you know, half my family was tied up in the basement and my other child came home? I I mean, it's just something you, you just go over and over and over and over. I think I might've tried to just ask the other mom to keep my daughter at least like, because she told the other mom that she was sick. She was like, oh, I'm sick because the mom, they were having a party later, remember? And this mom and her daughter were also supposed to stay at the house after bringing the 10 year old daughter home. And the mom blocked them and wouldn't let them come in the house. And she was like, oh, I'm sick. I'll just see you guys later. So I don't know, like our lawyer here was saying, she obviously thought she was making the safest choice. She has some man who's tying her husband up in the basement with her husband and her four-year-old. You know what I mean? It's impossible to know what the best decision would be. Impossible. Yeah. I'm just saying it haunted me. Yeah. I completely understand that. For her to have been in that situation, right? It's like Sophie's freaking choice. It's horrible. It's horrible. So her daughter came in, went down into the basement, and the other mom and her daughter went home. That woman told the officers that she heard a couple things, nothing major. She could hear the mom running up from the basement when they knocked on the door. She also told the officers that the other mother was very pale, shaken, and looked ashen. Once back down in the basement, The guy, again, who was the one really interacting with the family, tied the rest of the family members up and put tape over their mouths. And this whole time, he's still telling them everything's going to be okay, that they're going to take what they want and leave. And the poor mother is trying to comfort her daughters. And she told the men that they could have whatever they wanted, but that, like they said, they needed to leave afterward. After he finished binding and gagging the family members, The other guy and him started stealing things, and suddenly the man who had been interacting with the family just took a razor knife out and started fucking slashing for some reason, like out of nowhere. And when he saw that that hadn't incapacitated the family members, that's when he got a hammer. And when the family members finally stopped moving, he pushed over an easel, smashed two wine bottles, poured wine all over the easel, and lit a match starting a fire. You want to know what these guys left with for all of that horror? Yeah. A computer? No, honestly, no. Nope, 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 nope. A computer, a wedding band, a platter, and a basket of cookies for the party. You know, so many times you hear about somebody being killed or murdered and a robbery, and it's it's basically that, like the person Nothing. made off with less than $1,000, and you think, that was a life for you? That was worth, you know, killing and destroying all these lives? I mean, what is a computer, a wedding band, and a platter? That's nothing. It's nothing. Maybe it was the cookies. <sighs> it just, just terrific. There is, yeah, 
No words, man. None. And so, so they go they go out to the car and this woman is is just sitting there. Well, she must have known they were planning to rob the place. Well, yeah, she definitely knew they were she knew they were robbing. They'd been, you know, driving around looking for places to rob together. So I don't I don't we we don't know if she expected or knew what else they were going to do. I mean, who knows even if the second guy that was there knew that that was going to happen. You know what I mean? He certainly might have known that his friend was violent. He's been present at all the other stuff. It's true. The other descriptions have always been two men. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not. mm. Yeah. Well, even so, maybe he drew the line at, I don't know, killing children, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, on January 3rd, 2006, a 75-year-old man and his wife opened the door of their house to lost travelers in need of directions. I'm air quoting again. (laughs) Once the door was open, two men and a woman entered their three-bedroom house and began ransacking it. The robbers were apparently going, spoiler alert, these people actually survive. So all of this is directly from the victims. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you'll immediately see it is nothing at all, even close to what our last family went through. Like at like not even so to get to get a little bit into it, the robbers were going to tie the couple up, but the husband actually begged them not to. He told them that his wife, she actually had MS. So he explained to them that since she was disabled, if they were tied up after the guys left, if his wife needed him, he wouldn't be able to get to her if she needed anything for any reason. So he begged and pleaded with them not to tie them up. And they agreed not to. After this conversation about, please don't tie us up. And they agree not to, They were apparently very respectful the entire time, very polite. They said yes and no, sir, when interacting with the victim. They still robbed the house. They took a TV, a DVD player, remember those, (laughs) a computer, and $800 in cash, and they left. So this time the woman went in the house with them. Yes. So maybe that was the difference? I don't know. Do you think she had some sway in convincing them to be less violent. I suppose by this time, she must have known that they had murdered that family because you it, gotta, had happened, it had happened two days earlier. Well, it was in the news. And it so was, yeah, uh, yeah it was I all mean, over, it was all over. So maybe she said, you know, dudes, we don't, we don't have to, you know, kill these people. We can just rob them. I don't know. I can't even, to go from what happened. <laughs> hmm and then, yeah, I just can't well, even wrap my mind around it. The, the, the difference in mm-hmm. outcome, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe in, in the case of the family, maybe the, the father made an aggressive move. Maybe he tried to get untied and that fl- freaked him out. You, you just, you just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm just kind of talking about the information that was known at the time. We will right. get some more information about each of these crimes later on. Okay. And I think it, I don't know, not to say, oh yeah, I see why he did that. Cause fucking no, but I think it might be a little bit more clear, like what was going through his mind. 
Okay. Well, we'll, Maybe. we'll get that at the end. Okay. So is this, is this how they, how the crime spree ends with this act of, how you call it, I hate what? to say it, an act of kindness? That would have been great, but no. That is not how the crime spree ends. So that this does have definitely like a spree killer element to it, right? Because this is like in the matter of, in the course of five days, because the next thing we're going to discuss happened on January 6th. It's um, like a week. It's literally a yeah. week. But wow. if this guy or these men were also responsible for some of those things in like December and November, then I think they they are they do meet that serial killer qualification too that's just my what i've been thinking about cuz like i said in the media they were called spree killers so january 6th we're at another house it's a 55 year old stepfather 47 year old mother and their 21 year old daughter in another robbery attempt this couple and their daughter and keep this daughter in mind because we're going to come back to her. We're found dead after a phone call from a concerned acquaintance. These people were also brutally, brutally killed. The medical examiner said in the case of the dad, for example, that he probably struggled for several minutes before suffocating and same thing for the mother and the daughter. These guys liked to put tape and things like that around people's faces and mouths it seems so it was bad I will say I guess they weren't beaten in any way I don't know like you said we shouldn't try to quantify the levels of hell levels of hell bro but in this case again they took some stuff, two TVs, two stereos, three sets of speakers, some jewelry, some food, and then finally, the male victim's truck was taken from the scene of the crime. And so, that so these people is where weren't, things ended. So these people weren't weren't stabbed. They were wrapped up with saran wrap. That's they were. So the father's head had been covered in saran wrap with a sock stuffed in his mouth. And wow. then he, like his face had basically been wrapped in duct tape. Mm. The mother was gagged and duct tape had been placed over her eyes. Actually, her throat was cut four times. So. Wow. And then the daughter had a plastic bag over her entire face and tape around her neck, holding the bag in place. And then they also wrapped duct tape outside of the bag around her eyes. And there was a sock in her mouth as well. Good God. And like I said, that was, that was the last crime. And we'll see why that was the last crime. Yeah. But I mean, so far, I'm sure the police are not thinking any of these things are related i mean it's police in different districts and mm -hmm. no earthly idea what's going on and i mean other than in the last few all had this robbery component but there aren't a lot of similar there are almost not a lot of similarities no because i think just, the reason just, why just like the like i said just kind of the insanity of it almost i hate to say exactly it. Like the, the violence the it was like frantic and unplanned yeah yeah 
the lack of, I mean, any logic or planning. It's just like, oh, there's mm-hmm. a house. Oh, there's somebody. Oh, let me kill that guy over there. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. We're going to get into how these two were ultimately caught. But first, I want to go a little way back into the history of these men. Because ultimately, the police are going to find out who was responsible for all of these crimes. And by working with officers in different jurisdictions, they are going to eventually figure out that all of these crimes were committed, with one exception, by the same two men. An uncle and nephew pair from the Philadelphia Philadelphia area. And their crime habit had a long history starting now they were the same age. So not to be confusing since they're uncle and nephew, but they're actually the same age, only a couple months apart. And their crime habit had a long history starting around the time they were both only 18 years old. So in 1995, so you asked earlier, mom, how, what the guy was in jail for when he met his pen pal wife. (laughs) So now we're going to learn a little bit about that. Okay. In 1995, the two were charged with a string of armed robberies that occurred all on the same night. This included the stick up of two students from Georgetown University. After this, the nephew served 10 years. And he wasn't released until, anybody good at math? 2005. November 2005. So he's been out of prison for 15 minutes is what you're telling me. Wow. Correct. The uncle served only three years for that string of robberies. But he returned to jail in March 2000 after being charged with abducting a man after a traffic accident. He was eventually acquitted of that charge. But during the time he was waiting to go to trial, he was found with cocaine during a drug search. So he got time in jail for that. And then he got time in jail for possession with attempt to distribute. It's interesting, though, that they were on a robbery spree together, but the nephew gets 10 years and the uncle only gets three. Yeah, it is strange. And I couldn't find additional details as to why that might've been the case. And what on earth is the charge of abducting a man after a traffic accident? I know. I mean, it's gotta be the weirdest thing I've ever heard. What you have a fender bender and then I don't know, you try to steal the other guy's car with him in it or you drag him into your car. (laughs) You don't have to actually like move somebody to abduct them. You can stop them them from moving. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So if you detain someone, that's also abduction. Okay. You don't have to like flee into the forest with them. Just... (laughs) So he could have like held him there against his will. Yeah. Give me your insurance card. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it has to go beyond a robbery. Uh No, I don't want to go into all that. That's way too complicated to explain. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but yeah. Okay. Well, he was acquitted of that, but then got caught with the cocaine. Correct. and, And got more jail time for that. That's right. And after he left prison for that, he married a young woman. Anyone want to guess? Oh, somebody he met through the pen pal program. 
Meet your future ex-husband slash murderer. Oh, my God. Pen pal program. Oh, man. I didn't even remember about that. Yeah. He married his prison pen pal. And this was the woman who was our first victim at the start of our timeline at the top of the episode. Wow. Yeah. So now to kind of understand how everything came to a head after this crime spree we need to go back to the men's final crime i just wanted to interject that little where did this all start really but i but i do the nephew got out of prison in november but the uncle obviously mm -hmm. got out earlier Mm -hmm. he got out earlier like around march of 2005 so he and this woman got married pretty soon after he got out yes they got married they killed his freaking wife like the second his nephew got out of out of prison allegedly oh excuse me <laughs> that was that was Thank special you, for you defense counsel <laughs> that was special just for you yeah they did they did all right wow. that's awful i mean that's just that's the kind of shit that well you wonder he said that he had fallen back off of the drug free wagon and was very paranoid. <laughs> I'm and, sorry, drug yeah. free I mean, there's wagon. No, Can we go back to that? There's drug no free wagon. Yeah, he was he was not using he had not been using drugs, obviously, because he, I mean, not obviously, I guess you can still get yeah, drugs, you in, can prison, use drugs in prison, unfortunately. Yeah. But evidently, allegedly, according to him, he had not been using drugs. And part of what precipitated this or the entirety of what precipitated this at least in the immediate moment was that he had started using drugs again that's what he said that's what he told officers so he started using drugs again his nephew gets out of prison this woman now asks for he moves in with them okay so the nephew same house Mm -hmm. with her with her children which we don't and yeah, way to take care of your kids. And so when she says, I want a divorce, they think the, the best reaction to that is to kill her. I don't know if think is the right word. I don't know. Like we, I don't, I'm so, these recaps where you're trying to find logic in all this. I don't think there is any logic to be found. Zero. No I, logic. I think that it was like a gut reaction. Like almost like a, his fight or flight got fucked up and he just like, I don't know. We'll talk about him because you know me, I always feel bad for everyone, but I actually feel bad for this guy. Not that anything that anyone has gone through justifies this. Can, can you call them uncle and nephew so we know which one you're feeling sorry for? I'm feeling sorry for uncle. Okay. Mainly the story is about the uncle to me. I just feel like the nephew, even though he was in jail for longer and even though the crime started immediately when he got out of jail, I don't, from the outside looking in, it mostly feels about the uncle to me. What do you mean? I just feel like, and I don't have a reason to feel like this, but I feel like the nephew wouldn't ever have done any of this on his own. I feel like the uncle was the instigator for some reason. It's and like I said, like, I don't have a reason. It's kind of like the DC sniper where he kind of took that little, you know, teenager under his wing as a foster son 
and then involved him in shooting people all over the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even though in this case they are the same age, it's not like the uncle is some mentor. Though maybe, maybe he was. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a gut feeling I have for no reason. <laughs> Let's go back to how these guys were apprehended. On the 6th of January, 2006, that might sound familiar because it's when one of the crimes, the final crime took place. The police received a call from a woman expressing concern about her daughter's 21-year-old friend. This caller suspected that two former house guests of hers and former and current boyfriends of the young woman in question were involved in the murders of a family a few days prior. That was our mom, dad, two little girls family. Since police found items linking the home invasion to the slain family with the two little girls. So they're already kind of working on this stuff and putting some of the pieces together. They find items linking that home invasion where the family survived and the burning house with the two little girls together. Then they get this call from this woman saying, hey, I think these two guys I know and my daughter's friend are involved in this. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So this young woman that she called about lived in the same town where that home invasion with survivors took place. Since they lived in the same town and the things linking the crimes, that was enough for the officers to at least go to the home and question the woman. She happened to share the home with her mother and her father. Her mother worked as a dry cleaner and her father was a forklift driver. When police arrived at the home, they found all three members of the family had, well, I guess we can't say had been murdered. We aren't maybe that far along yet, but they were dead with bags and tape over their faces. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? Yes. So, yeah. Damn, they killed the girl and her family? They killed their friend, their girlfriend, the 21-year-old female accomplice, and her entire family. (sighs) The murderer you know. What the hell was never mind. Well, well, these people, these guys did end up. I mean, this does fall under the murder, you know, because they killed the the uncle's wife. She knew them. Mm-hmm. And now they've killed this this woman who was, I guess, one of their girlfriends. She had dated, she dated both of them at different and, points in time. So it was and, a little thruple. And at some point was involved in their crimes. Now, maybe mm-hmm. when she found out that you know, children had been involved. Maybe she suddenly freaked out. That was one of the police's theories. Not quite that exactly, but that she kind of that the horror of what they had done was getting to her and she was threatening to talk. Well, never tell murderers that you, you plan to talk. Yeah. Do that without telling them. I mean, that was, who knows if there's any True. legitimacy to that. Yeah. I mean, it was just a theory. But why did this one, the woman who called the police, who said, I'm worried about my daughter's 21-year-old friend. The guys had actually stayed in her house as well? That's what the article said. It wasn't, Very I wouldn't clear. be surprised if it if it was not, if that was not the situation though. Yeah, like you said, it wasn't clear. Maybe the girlfriend did tell her daughter, I think these guys killed that family. It's possible. 
Because why else would this woman say to the police, I think they were involved in that killing? So I don't know. People yeah. are talking. People are talking. Yeah. And apparently the young woman, their 21-year-old on-again, off-again girlfriend, they had taped her up as part of a plan which involved her pretending to be a victim. And this idea somehow was going to allow her to help and provide them with a key into her house. But one of the guys told officers later that things just went wrong and she ended up dead. So the nephew who used to date the young woman, although she was now dating the uncle, told police that his uncle just got tired of the woman and decided to kill her. There was nothing else to it, according to the nephew. This is why you think it's the uncle. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> this is why you were like, I have no idea why I think it's the uncle. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so the uncle. Well, this is why. <laughs> so in November, the uncle kills his his wife. Mm-hmm. How long could he possibly have been dating this young woman who who was also dating his nephew who only got out of prison? Well, you know, no one really knew apparently how this woman even met these guys. Wow. Yeah, they hadn't known each other incredibly long it hadn't been more than you know a month yeah seriously and it's I just it's sad her aunt said that she was a good person and that if she was with them this is a quote if she was with them I don't know but I don't believe she would put a hand on anyone the aunt also told authorities that while she didn't know how her niece got involved with these men that she didn't believe her niece ever had a chance at life or happiness. Apparently from the age of 10, this young woman was already in trouble with drugs. Oh my God. So her mom, the mom who ended up murdered with her, surrendered her to the child welfare department. And from that point on, apparently her life was a cycle of detention and addiction, which somehow ultimately led to these two guys And after the family was discovered, police located an abandoned car, which belonged to one of the men mentioned by the lady who placed that first concerned phone call. And after linking the car to him, they found the woman's stepdad's stolen truck up in Philadelphia. And they arrested these guys on January 8th. So that's kind of how the officers eventually got to them chain of abandoned and stolen vehicles Hmm. and apparently when they weren't together at the time of the arrest and when the uncle was arrested and learned that the police were also going to talk to his nephew he asked for the opportunity to share his side of the story and he basically confessed to everything wow dang i thought he was going to toss his nephew under the bus well, when you say he confessed to everything, he, what are we talking about? The, 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 the family, the old family, the girlfriend and her family. Did he also uh-huh. confess to mugging the guy who survived? Great question. You know, you know what I think? I'm going to make you wait. <laughs> I'm going to make you wait until next week. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's good. So like, yeah, we, we made it through the, the string of terribleness. These guys have been apprehended and next week we have a lot of other things to talk about what they confessed to, what they said they did surrounding each crime. I want to talk a little bit about 
mainly the uncle's childhood because again to me the story is really about him and then we have a lot of legal stuff to talk about too at least one more episode yeah definitely but like you said you've said many times my lawyer at least there's some some punishment can you stick around for that and I for an eye, as they say, which is not the sole point of the justice system, but retribution is part of it. I mean, you just have to, there's nothing I say all the time. There's nothing to make right what happened. No, nothing. But mm-hmm. at least that they're held accountable, that they're charged with their crimes. Mm-hmm. Well, if nothing else, that they're no longer out on the street committing mm-hmm. war crimes. I mean, mm-hmm. And you keep thinking or am I jumping ahead, that maybe if they had looked at the uncle a little more closely when the wife died, that, you know, none of the rest of this would have happened. Maybe if they had looked at the jailbird man covered in fresh scratches. Is that what you're saying? What makes sense to me? (laughs) (laughs) Let me not get too far into what I have planned for next week, though. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, I mean, they always look at the spouse. I just can't... Yeah, yeah, I agree. They probably didn't care because they probably have lots of murders. And sadly, the the death of a young wanna, black woman. Who, I don't want to assume that. I mean, you know, well, I will find out more. Maybe. Yeah, we'll I mean, we more. don't really know. We probably won't know. But her parents were very vocal about. Sad. In their opinion, the justice system failing them. And the, that's really ooh. sad. It's very sad. It's very, very sad. So anyway, for more sadness, (laughs) we'll see you guys next week. But in the meantime, you can always email us at murdererunow at gmail.com. You can check us out on social media. Instagram is murdererunowpodcast and Facebook is at mykpod. Anyone have... Anything to add? I don't know. It seemed <laughs> like this wasn't. I, this is too real. I gotta. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna head out. It's Signing just, off with sadness. And just you know, a case of so much horror in the world, mm-hmm. and what happens to people. But I guess we'll find out next week. What happens to people that turns them into this? Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Do, 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 do.